Hello there, I hope you're well. Welcome to this, the very first episode of Soundtrack of Your Life. So you might be wondering, as you've clicked on this show, what's this all about then? Well, we all like music. We all like stories. So what if people could have the opportunity to talk unabated about songs, tracks, theme tunes, soundtracks that meant something to them? Songs that they go back to again and again because they're linked to people, moments, events in their lives, and to share their stories about how the songs acting as anchors were formed. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with the term anchoring, it's a term from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, i.e. NLP, where you essentially associate an internal response with some external trigger. So a typical example is the first dance at a wedding. So when the song is played at a wedding, the couple takes in everything around them at that point in time, like the atmosphere, their family, their partner. And then when they hear the song somewhere else afterwards, it makes them think of their first dance. So I was thinking we could extend this to any emotion that we feel, you know, what song makes you happy? Which one makes you cry? Which one reminds you of your college or university days? Which one makes you ten, feel 10 feet tall, etc. Because I believe we've all got stories to tell when it comes to certain songs, bands that we instinctively connect to, or songs that make us connect to our favorite football team. So I want to create this show to give you the platform to share your stories behind your songs. So if you want a comparison to shows that are already out there, then in the UK, you might be familiar with Desert Island Discs, where celebrities and famous people come along to talk about what song, album, book, object, that they would take to a desert island. And in America, you've got James Lipton with Inside the Actor's Studio, where he asks them questions that are a bit away from their sort of professional life, and he gets to ask them more about themselves. So, Soundtrack of Your Life is literally about the songs, music, theme tunes, soundtracks that formed anchors in your life to various people, scenarios, events, and emotions. So this is where you come in. I want you to be a guest on the show because I bet you've got stories to tell that center around music in your life. So let's get sharing. There's a link to a sign up form in the description or comments or somewhere on this place that you're watching or listening to this to where you can sign up and register interest with me and we can get your own show set up. My first guest on the show is the brilliant Jill Kelly. Jill is a psychic medium by trade and has got a storied background in music from teaching kids the Beatles and Bob Marley at school to learning guitar and performing in front of crowds in a matter of a fortnight or so. Jill's got so many tales to tell and share which made for a great hour's worth of conversation that you're about to watch or listen to. In the description for the show, Jill has also shared the soundtrack of her life, which are tracks that represent moments and people in her life complete with links for you to experience, enjoy and be inspired by the songs yourselves. So as you're listening or watching, please do like, comment, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And above all, enjoy the show. first ever soundtrack of your life podcast with myself Vishad Doshi the mindset transformer I am so excited and pleased to have on the show as my guest Miss Jill Kelly Jill if you'd like to say hello to everybody and introduce yourself sure hi everybody um I'm Jill Marie Kelly I am a psychic medium and Reiki practitioner but in previous lifetimes, you know, um, about for 20 years, I was a preschool teacher and I was also a music teacher. So I am super excited to be here because music is like so important to me in every aspect of my life. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and talk about it. Thank you, Jill. And look, for, for those that will continue to tune in and listen to the show, this um, will have a kind of agenda, but to be honest, it could go anywhere we want it to. The main premise of 
um, the show and the guest is to literally share stories about the world of music and that could expand into albums, songs, theme tunes, soundtracks, whatever you know the person and the guest would like to share, whether that also then involves linking it to emotions, linking it to people, linking it to moments in their life, whatever it may be. So the whole point of this is for people to share and enjoy and maybe even inspire. You know, you might hear of a song or a band and go, oh yeah, do you know what? I remember those uh, moments. So uh, Jill, might as well just start off with the uh, line, a basic line question of like, what is about music that resonates with you? Oh my God. Um, well, I grew up uh, listening to music. Um, my father uh, loved like Simon and Garfunkel, like 60s stuff, 70s stuff. My mom was really big into Queen. I had yes. a teenage male babysitter when I was a baby girl. So the first words, the first song I ever uttered was Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. <laughs> my mom said I had my fork and my knife and I was doing this on my high chair going, Another One Bites the Dust. <laughs> okay, who doesn't do that still nowadays? I think we all do that when that comes on, right? Right, yeah, knife and fork, another one bites the dust. Um, But yeah, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, I remember when my mom would gather us all around. I have two older sisters, and um, we would watch Friday Night Videos before MTV was on. And Friday Night Videos, my mom would record, and then um, we would spend Friday nights like on the couch, like the pull-out couch in the couch, and then we would all fall asleep together. And then the next morning, my dad would bring in like McDonald's breakfast. And it was just like this tradition. That <laughs> Amazing. Was, this was like when I was three years old, like two, three years old. It wasn't um, it wasn't when I was older, but I remember my earliest memories are have to do with music. Like it's just what, you know, and my parents had a very eclectic taste. My sister, Jennifer, my eldest sister wound up to be a concert pianist and she taught me wow. how to sing. Um, I was singing harmonies by age of four. I don't know how because i've talked to people that are like voice people or like singers that are professional and they're like i can't do spontaneous harmony but i i was in choirs as a kid and i could jump to the soprano part i could jump to the alto part i could sing the tenor part like i could just hear it in my head wow and without looking at any music like i could just jump and do it so when i was in college actually i directed an acapella group before it was like aka awesome before like pitch perfect and all the other things that made it cool before pentatonics came out when it wasn't cool um but yeah so i would because we couldn't hire an arranger and now they probably have an app for arranging music for acapella groups but um i would listen to the song and i would pick out the parts and i don't even play the piano and i would teach the parts to each section the basses the tenors the sopranos and the altos by singing it so like I just had an ear for it. I had an ear for harmony. I can like somebody's like sings a song to me and they're like, "Can you come up with the harmony for this?" And like I'm right there. Like and many voice wow. majors that I had in college that were in my acapella group hated me because they had to learn it and like play it on the piano and sing it a couple times before it just clicked in. So um, so yeah, harmony singing was always and I love that. And it's funny because to this day. When I perform or if I perform, I'd rather be the backup singer than the person singing the main tune because it's just comfortable for me to sing like really good backup and like match the person's voice as much as I can. So, so that's yeah, amazing. So. I mean, the, what what a story journey even just there about, you know, having the natural ability to pick out certain ranges and the ability to then communicate that to people. You know, it's one yeah. thing knowing it yourself, but then for others to experience that from you to advance their own understanding and hey look you know some people feel that it's something you can learn some people think it's instinctive you're born with it uh you know many of my music I think it's a little bit of both I feel like mm. it's a muscle that you need to exercise and I mean my, just for an example I remember when I was five my sister had one of those like little stereo recorders with one of those wire mics that like super little and she's like, sing Castle on a Cloud. And I was like, five. I know the cassette is somewhere. But some cassette somewhere in the house, there's a there's a voice of me at five years old singing Castle on a Cloud from Les Mis. And, um, and yeah. So, like, and then my dad always brought us to Broadway. So he would actually go travel to London, actually. He nice. would see... He would see a Broadway, you know, London play like a, yeah, yeah. that was kind of cute. So he saw Phantom in London first. He saw Les Mis in London first. And then he would bring come home and he would take us to the shows. So I remember going to Cats wow. when I was five. 
I remember Starlight Express, which people don't even remember, was like a roller skating. Yeah, yeah, train, I remember. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, and um, like I, uh, Phantom is my favorite. Um, Miss Saigon really resonated with me. Um, I love that the the music in that one, and it's just like. I just grew up around music. I just grew up going to performances, seeing concerts. I remember I was at a Whitney Houston concert when I was four and I fell asleep on my dad. And, um, <laughs> you know, like I just, and that's what I remember from that concert was I was exhausted. And I, my dad is six, six, he's a very tall man. And so he's got big hands and I was a little girl and he would just hold me and I just pass out. But, um, but I, like when I hear like Whitney Houston music, I'm like, oh, it's so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, just, I mean, just on that, you mentioned, you know, Whitney Houston and, and Queen and that. Are, are there any specific bands or artists that speak to you? And what yeah. is it about them that um, um, well, inspires you? Um, I can't not, like, talk about my friend. I um, So, Tom Petty, like, I love Tom Petty. I love everything about Tom Petty. I love all of his music. Um, and so I'm going to tell a little story about... so. I had music in my life growing up. I was in choirs. Like I said, I was in the acapella group in college, but I sang the national anthem at like major functions for school and stuff. Like that was kind of my jam. Nice. And um, that was the one time I would solo. And I'd be like, I'll sing the national anthem because it means something very much like it's 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 a very sacred song. Um, it's also a really hard song to sing, by the way. Um, I know. It's underestimated, anthem, I think. Is like, yeah, the range is really big to sing that. And like I always had to start really low so I could hit the higher notes. But um so my friend uh, Hoagie, he passed away in April from pancreatic cancer. But like six years ago, he was taking me to open mics, and he's like, "I want you to." He's like, "You need to perform again. You need to perform again." And I'm like, "Hoagie, I'm like 40 freaking years old. Like I'm not gonna get in front of people and sing." And he's like, "Come on!" And he's like, and so he would sing in the open mic, and I would just jump up and sing back up. And I didn't know his music. He liked Martin Sexton. He liked um, well, Tom Petty was one of them, but. He just liked this. He loved the Grateful Dead, which I never got into as a kid. Like that was never something I listened to. Mm. So um, I started singing back up for him and he's like, no, he's like two weeks, you and your guitar, you're going to sing at the open mic by yourself without anybody else. And I was like, oh, okay. shit. Okay. So he's and I didn't know guitar. He's like, you have an acoustic guitar in your basement. He goes, I remember it from when we were kids. He's like, you're going to learn three chords. You're going to sing three songs and it's going to be by yourself in front of everybody. And I was just like, do we have to? Thanks for that. <laughs> so like at 40 years old, I was learning three chords on my acoustic guitar. I sang three songs. Um, I sang a country song. I sang a thousand years by Christina Perry. I sang, um, I sang a bunch of uh, like, uh, like three songs. Yeah. That, like they were three chords and those three songs had those same three chords. So I didn't have to learn more than three chords. And I got up and my sister was really sweet. The one that taught me how to sing, she came and she sang harmony with me to thousand years to like calm my nerves a bit. And um, it just so happened that that open mic, there was a Christmas party. So nobody could hear me anyway, because it was packed with people. Wow. Um, but because of that, because my friend Hoagie was like, do this, I started taking guitar lessons. Then I was like, well, I'm a preschool teacher. I wonder if I can bring music into the classroom. And then I got certified as a music together teacher, which is all theory based, it's a company that's global. Um, and so I became a music teacher for kids and I did that on the weekends, but it was all because Hoagie said to me, three weeks or two weeks, you are gonna perform three songs. And it just opened me up to more music than I could ever imagine. And then wow. Hoagie was like, okay, well, you're good. I'm like, well, thank you. He's like, let's do a duo, let's play out. Like, let's play restaurants in town. Like, let's let's do bar, like, let's, let's be an acoustic duo. Wow. He and sounds like, very like driven here. He's like, you know, he's trying oh, to. Totally. He, he totally pushes you on music. and on, right? He, he, yeah, he loved music, and um, so we did. We started. Our band was Jill and Hoagie. I thought it should be Hoagie and Jill because I was singing backup, but um, <laughs> he would. It was his his acoustic guitar and him, and then me just singing harmonies and a lot of Tom Petty songs like Wildflowers and Walls and um, if you don't know how it feels and like all of these songs that people really love to hear when they're at the bar, you know, like people that are like, oh, I love that one. And, and so we played out for a good three years and then um, it was just amazing. And I got introduced to the music scene in my town and in New Jersey, in Northern New Jersey where I live and um, met a ton of people. And unfortunately, Hoagie passed away in April, but if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been so obsessed with, you know, performing and doing things again. And so now <clears throat> our friends that perform invite me on stage to sing harmony. So it's just like, 
you know, it kind of just all full circle, like came back to, you know, where, where I was before. And, um, I'm actually going on vacation on Thursday to Vermont at a music festival that I was invited to. And I got the set list in the mail and, uh, they put me on to sing a couple songs. So I was just like, I guess I'm performing at a music festival now. Like, you like, sure, sure are. I'm sure he's looking down and going, see, I started all that, you see, and yeah, uh, I'm sure yeah, he's proud exactly. of the way you're going. I mean, it just sounds like such a, um, a great time to get to grips with not just an instrument, but you know, your own confidence, your own, um, range and the fact that you know you kept on going it wasn't just three songs then you went on to more events now you're doing a music festival now you taught it to children i mean can you give us more about that about teaching that to to kids Sure. sure so um i had my guitar and actually when I was playing with Hoagie, I would play for my four-year-olds first. And if they didn't like mm. it, then I'm like, ah, we're not singing this one. <laughs> so um, my four-year-olds were my gauge. And um, so I started learning, I started asking them what type of music they like. And then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm the teacher and they're four. So I gave them like Beatles songs and Bob Marley and Tom Petty. And so I, um, the I taught them, yeah, I taught them Three Little Birds, which is the Every Little Thing is Going to Be All Right song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I taught them that one and, you know, of course, all of them at Christmas time wanted guitars. So instead of their parents buying them guitars, I just bought like inflatable guitars, like blow up guitars and gave them to all of them <laughs> um, so they could jam out and pretend because they would take blocks and like xylophones and they would pretend to play. Guitar <laughs> with I have videos of this. Um, so I taught them three little birds and um, there was this one little boy, Eli, who actually, he really loved Yellow Submarine. So I learned Yellow Submarine on guitar and we sang that one too. And that's such a great kid song because it's so silly. And um, It really is. So, so this poor Eli, Eli was three and a half, not quite four yet. He wasn't potty trained. And when he would take a nap, sometimes he would have accidents. Right. So I woke him up in the middle of a nap so he wouldn't have an accident. So he wouldn't be embarrassed when everybody woke up from nap. So... One day, of course, I forgot, and he had an accident, and I checked him before we all wake, before everybody woke up, because I didn't want him to go through that. Um, so I was like, kind of pissed at myself, and I was like, oh man, like I have to change yeah, him, yeah, like, yeah. and it was like all clothes. And um, so I brought him to the bathroom, and I'm like taking off his shirt, and he sees I'm frustrated. Like kids pick up on that, and he grabbed both my hands. He goes, Miss Jill, every little thing. It's gonna be all white. Oh. And I was like, oh my god! Oh. And I was like, not only did he use it with the correct context, but he sang it. He held my hands and he looked in my eyes and was like, "It's okay." That's amazing. There you go. The so, power, um, the power of that just that one line, right? I mean, everyone knows it, but as you say, when you have a three to four year old saying it back to you, I mean, this is literally. Yeah, that's the power, you know. It's it's incredible. Yeah, standing there in his wet clothes, the poor thing. But um, <laughs> so, like, I was asked by my director at graduation when my kids graduated preschool and they were going to kindergarten. She's like, "Can you sing? Like, can you play guitar and sing?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then, like, one um, one of my parents also played guitar, and it was his son's birthday on on St. Patrick's Day. So we learned all these Irish songs, and of course, we were oh, going to wow. sing them. It was literally the day. March 17th of 2000, whatever COVID hit, that was the day our school shut down for COVID. Oh. So we planned this whole concert for the parents and the kids for St. Patrick's Day, because I'm Irish, well, among other things, but, um, you know, and uh, so we were going to like play guitar, like dual guitar and sing with the kids. And that was the day we shut down. And I was like, oh man, like that would have been so fun. But, you know, Christmas carols, Kwanzaa songs, Jewish songs, all the songs, like we sang all the holiday songs for the kids. And um, I would write music just based on the tunes of like Mary Had a Little Lamb or Twinkle Twinkle. Like I would write, um, like I wrote a moon face song, which I can give you a little snippet. Okay. Um, Cause it's the new moon tonight. New moon waxing crescent first quarter waxing give us full moon waning give us last quarter waning crescent. These are the phases of the moon. Like that's what I did. That's amazing. And like sing. And then like my parent, the parents of my kids are like, why does he know the moon faces? Like what? he's four. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess. Is he in like astrophysics <laughs> at school or something? Like, no, it's just a little reworking, you know? <laughs> I mean, and I actually got a text message from a parent that I haven't seen in five years. Their kid is like 10 and a half or whatever. And um, I, I, this woman at work, when the kids were scared of thunderstorms, we were like, okay, what music can we sing to them? And she came up with the song, 
when hot air meets the cold air, it goes boom, like that. And we, when hot air meets the cold air, it goes boom. And then, like, the kids got into it, and then they weren't scared of the booms anymore. So, like, I literally got a text message the other day. She's like, we're sitting inside at camp. Um, it's thundering out, and Riley is teaching everybody the boom song. And I was like... <laughs> the boom song. Someone should record that and put it on, like, you know, the top 40 or whatever. I like, a billboard. I guarantee you make a fortune yeah. out of this. Or I can, I can imagine these kids in, like, an exam room where they've been taught like a principle or a method and they're singing songs out loud you know what was it like mm-hmm. the um you know the the wrist bones connected to your elbow yeah. you know that yeah. one yeah, and it's yeah. like you know, what's going on you're meant to be silent and you're all singing away and it's like look this no, is this is true i mean yeah. that's what people associate it's so easy to remember when you put it to yeah. music and these kids were four so they're not reading yet Mm. But if I made a book and I laminated every page, whether it was like five little pumpkins sitting on a gate or whatever, you know, little rhymes that, you know, we do at Halloween or I would make little books and they would say it as they were turning the book pages, which is the foundation of reading. So if they have the song in their mind and they're turning the pages and they're looking at the words like I taught reading, I taught I taught a bunch of stuff, but um, I was literally I was a Montessori teacher out of college. So I learned the Montessori method and then I went into the daycare and used Montessori a lot. Mm. and a lot of her philosophies in the daycare um but yeah it was it was awesome and the kids like you learn like there's that quote what is it um children sing before they talk they dance before they walk you know like art is the foundation of of humanity and like it's just like it's just such a it's such a truth like they yeah. dance they sing they do all these things way before they know how to read or write or way before they know how to walk or wait like it's just that's just what you know drives us and so getting back to that and teaching that and letting kids you know have fun and like learn things as they are singing like who doesn't want that like everybody knows the abc song everybody knows mary had a little lamb everybody knows row 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 your boat like it's just like but if you can make it educational like why the hell not like my parents uh, they're like jill you need a youtube channel just for the music that you've written for kids and i'm yeah, just like yeah it's yeah it's just I don't know. <laughs> no, you, one day. Well, honestly, like, like, even think about it now, right? When you when you think back to your um, childhood or teachers, which ones come to you first? There's going to be typically two categories. Ones that bloody made your life miserable. So, uh, you know, the strict ones or the ones that, you yeah. know, you just couldn't relate to. They were so, um, you know, uh, uh, fostered by all the rules and, like, um, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. But really the ones that you had fun with and you connected with who made you know, introduce things like music or uh, a unique creative way of learning where, yeah. you know, you're in a, 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 a place like a classroom where you either want to be there or you don't want to be there, depending on the teacher at an early age. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if they, you know, used, as you said, song or, or dance or creativity, like they're the ones that you learn off, enjoyed and who stick in your mind. I can think back exactly to... Um, so in, in England, we go up in primary school to like year one to year four, which is, I guess, I think first to fourth grade in, in America. And mm-hmm. I this I happen to have the same uh, year four teacher and uh, year six teacher. So same teacher oh, wow. in two years. And um, his methods didn't change between the two. And looking back now, like, you know, we, uh, we had lots of creativity and fun uh, with him in terms of learning things. Uh, but at the same time, he, he balanced it with the, the serious side of things and that, um, uh, you know, helped us grow. But even I remember he, he would um, even talk to us as if we, you know, were older than the primary school children that we were. And he just thought that, um, you know, later on in, in life, you know, you hark back to those kind of experiences when you got that grounding, the, the, the learning and the enjoyment. What much of what you've said so far is just so much enjoyment. That, yeah, you know, it's just fun. It is, it is fun, and actually, you you hark back. You made a really good point about the um, uh, the fact that music and dance appeal to our um, natural uh, basic instincts. Yeah, you it's know, like animalistic, know. like exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds mm. and and movement. You know, there's a lot being um, said at the moment about how dance is so like you know people um, have a hang up about um, can I dance? Am I technically good? Do I look good? But it's like well, in um, the most basic of ways, you know, just starting off with the rhythm, rhythm of tapping your foot 
And then, yeah. you know, whether you then do like a dad dance or something in a, in a club, right, you know, right, right. not that kind of example, but it's like, um, it's just movement, movement gets you going. And then, you know, there's so much more talk days about how it's good for your health, physical health, yeah. you know, and then with that comes the mental side of things, self-esteem, confidence. Um, yeah. I mean, and music, yeah. it accesses every part of your brain when you're yeah, singing, exactly. when you're dancing. Also being an energy healer now, um, like learning about vibration and frequency mm. is like all the science behind it. Like it's, it's, it's so interesting because like they're saying singing raises your vibration. So if you're ever scared or you're in a room where you feel the energy is dark, start humming something, start singing because yeah. that raises your vibration. I know we talked about this in the past where um, like they found out that birds singing actually helps the trees with their um, processes of oxygenation and all that other stuff. Like, like music, and I. the one thing I always taught my kids before, uh, the, well, two things. One was, what do we do to all instruments before we play? And that was tune them, because mm -hmm. I, I told them they can't touch the guitar unless the guitar is ready. And then the other thing I said, what is music? And I had all of them yell it at me, music is vibration. And I'd say, do we hear it or do we feel it? They're like, we feel it first and then we hear it. And like I got like a whole <laughs> generation of kids that... <laughs> that said that and i was like if they if they learn anything this year like they'll learn that music is vibration and we're supposed to feel it before we hear it and like i was reading um steven tyler is like i love him i love aerosmith i love all their music um he his father was a pianist and he would play under the piano as a little boy and feel the vibration of the piano and like that was how his basis for harmonies and stuff came about like in his book i read it and it was just like you know, the littlest things that when you're a kid, there's the smallest bit of exposure to music, to how it makes you feel, to the fact that, you know, when you feel sad or you can get sad if you hear a song, like you could be in a great mood, you turn on the radio, it's a really sad song, you're like, shit, now I'm depressed. Like, it's just, or, you know, you're in a really bad mood and you turn on a really happy song. And I know one of your questions was, what song do you relate to happiness? Yeah, yeah. And um, being that I grew up in the 80s, Katrina and the Waves Walking on Sunshine. Oh, that's a belter. That's a proper Love belter. that one. And the reason why is because it's my mom's favorite song. And when it came on, and she's she would always be in the kitchen. She'd always be doing cooking something. My mom would literally, like a little kid, because she got married when she was 19, so I think her like maturity level stayed there. Um, she would bounce around the kitchen cooking and dancing and make all of us dance and like grab our hands and like have the wooden spoon and like we'd rock out and like and like I told um, and I learned this when I was a music teacher that your parents' relationship with music is going to seriously affect your relationship. 100%. So, like, the fact she would dance around to Walking on Sunshine and sing it at the top of her lungs and belt it, like, that was a great memory. And every time I hear that song, that's what I think of it. My mom just being so happy and bouncing around and dancing with all of us and being silly, you know? So, like, if you can be that for anyone, if you could be that with your friends, if you could, like, go to a bar and sing karaoke and be like, you know, this is my song and I'm going to sing Respect by Aretha Franklin because it's an awesome song, like that creates energy that's really positive so yeah, 100 I mean, I, I, mean I, feel, I feel sorry for today's parents in that regard then i mean you know don't really want your kids listening to what's her name Car Car cardi b cardigan b or whatever she's called i mean <laughs> good lord i mean if you go repeating that yeah. kind of stuff like oh dear um, yeah but then there's like, there's like happy um by pharrell and then there's like, yeah yeah you know, there's the um, Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. Like, those were all rocking out dance songs in preschool. Like, we would just... And then one little boy um, loved Bruce Springsteen. And he's like, Mitchell, put on Glory Days. And he'd, like, rock out to Glory <laughs> Days. And I'd just be like, how do you even know this song? And his mom came to me after school and was like, I did not introduce him to Bruce Springsteen. I do not know why he knows Bruce Springsteen. She goes, I don't know if he saw it on YouTube. Like, I don't know. And he was like, but he requested it every day at lunch. He's like, Mitchell put on glory days they're put born in the usa like you know you never know what's going to resonate and like and music is timeless so like you can have like i have a um like uh crap what's the name of the song pink floyd i don't remember um, but it was another song, brick in the wall I, what, no uh, i can't think of it but it was like a song that i would listen to my senior year of high school so every time i hear it I'm like, it reminds me of the carpool I had with the two freshmen in the back of my car holding my coffee, <laughs> my boyfriend in the, like the side and like blasting that song, going to school. And um, like another song that uh, I loved was um, Song 2 by Blur. Oh, like, yes. Like, Woohoo! 
dun, 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 dun. Like, I remember being a cheerleader, and when we would win a football game, I would literally ride around in my car in the parking lot and, and, and like, blast that. Like, and this guy that had a crush on me that was on the football team went to Sam Goody that day and, like, bought the CD for me. So I would nice. But, like, yeah, like, those, those musics, those anthems, those themes, like, we, I know we talked about previously, like, who doesn't know we are the champions? Like, every kid knows that one. Yeah. Every, every sporting event plays it. Like, and everybody gets riled up when they hear it. And it's like, it's from what, 19 freaking 70, 80 something. Like, like, but everybody knows it. And it's like, you know, they may not know who Freddie Mercury is, but, you know, they know that song. And um, just a funny story I was driving, I was picked somebody up in Connecticut, I was driving to New England for um, an academy of energy medicine and like Reiki and stuff. And this one girl came from California and she's like, can you pick me up in Connecticut? And because that's where she flew into. I was like, yeah. So I picked her up from Connecticut and I'm like blasting Aerosmith because I always blast Aerosmith when I drive because it's great blasting music. Yeah, yeah. And um, dude looks like a lady came on. <laughs> and uh... she's like, oh, she goes, this is the Miss Doubtfire song. Yeah. And I went, oh dear. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Mrs. D she goes, yeah, that's that movie made this song famous. And I was like, okay, do you know who Aerosmith is? And she's like, who? I'm like, Tyler. she's like, no. I'm like, do you know Liv Tyler? Like, she's been in Lord of the Rings. You remember her? And she's like, yeah, I know that actress. And I'm like, okay, well, work from there. <laughs> and, like, and this is a major rock band that's been around and is still kicking. So you need, like, I schooled her on the history of Aerosmith and like all the things and. She's like, I just thought it was the Miss Doubtfire song. And I was like, oh, God, you know. But, well, I mean, but it, it is. That's a, that's a lot of people's entry to these kind of songs, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you mentioned song two. Um, I'm always marveled at sometimes why and how these songs came about. And um, Damon Alburn, who's the singer, said that literally we wrote that as a band uh, as the kind of antithesis or um, riposte to the grunge wave that America was exporting over, if you will, to England. So the likes of Nirvana and Pearl Jam, these kind of things, that massive... Um, grunge movement. Grunge movement and um, very um, deeper meaning um, lyrics and sound and, and feel. He's like, you know, what if I could distill all that down to two minutes? So that's why you got this repeated chord progression, mm -hmm. not much of a melody, and the lyrics no. make no sense. I've, no. Read th I've read three different interpretations as what he's actually singing. Um, yeah. But it, is it, it Jamboja like in that song? I got my head checked by a Jumbo uh, Jet. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but nothing is. And um, it, it it kicked off here. It, you know, it's been used in now. You know, adverts, football games. But it got every. You know, I think I'm not a lot of people's nerves that you mentioned that you sang it while you're a cheerleader sometimes, right? So yeah. I remember during COVID when um, uh, obviously crowds couldn't attend football matches, but they carried on with professional sport behind closed doors. So you'd you'd have the game played in empty stadiums, but whenever someone scored a goal, you'd play a, a bit of song too out loud as if the crowd oh, was wow. there, and it's like all the players would kind of look around going, oh, "Really again." <laughs> and because every match every goal and you're like okay oh my god of, that's so funny like okay yeah it's good song but it's like right it's getting a bit you know annoying now yeah, and, and i think and, well that song that song itself was what uh 20 over to oh god 25 years old god that's aging yeah. but uh blur themselves just last weekend just no um previous weekend played uh two massive concerts at wembley so these these um these bands, etc., are still around, you know, this. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Like, it's, it's like, I think well, Willie Nelson said, uh, our future generations are going to have to like, you know, figure out what they're going to leave to Keith Richards because like that man is timeless and will never die. Yeah. And, um, and I do remember we talked about the quote of, uh, Dave Grohl mm -hmm. said, I can play a song for 85,000 people and 85,000 people are going to sing it back for a different reason. Like having those moments, having those uh, relationships with songs. And I, I mean, I, I always, since I was like out of the womb, like dating, whatever, like I always had a boyfriend. I always had this. And I was like, we need a song. Like we need to have a song. Yeah. And 
it to this day i'm what 43 like i'm still doing that when i'm dating like i'm just like no we need a song to like tell like like about our capture this yeah 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 capture this moment and um and it's funny because it's just like it could be anything and you know but it, but when i hear those songs like i think of those people or best friends or concerts that you went to together um i had one friend. can you give us some examples like they sound really sure, quite so, strong so like um i loved they're the chicks now but when they were the dixie chicks in the 90s uh-huh. they had the song cowboy take me away and i always associated that with leaving college like just finding somebody that can just you can just go and lay down on the grass with and just have a picnic and have a great day um and so like i loved like and then uh, like there's so many songs that i relate to things so beautiful day by you too yeah 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 i wasn't supposed to graduate on time i was determined to graduate on time i got very sick my junior year of college and like i had to come home and like i had to come home to new jersey i went to boston university and so when i went back to boston for my senior year and i was like determined i was like that's it i'm gonna do all the things i remember when i had my gown on and i'm walking into nick nick Nickerson Field. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it. I think that's what it's called. Um, but it was all of us in the procession going to graduation, like walking to our seats, and Beautiful Day was blasting. Nice. So every time I hear that song, I think of how proud I was of myself that day that I could graduate on time and get all my classes done so I could walk in graduation. So, like, what an amazing so anchor. I mean, yeah. And, like, there's like my first boyfriend ever when I was 13. I love Chicago at the time. Right. I don't know why in 1993 I love Chicago, but um, you're the inspiration. Such a freaking cheesy song, but every time I hear that song, I think of him, and I'm like, oh my god, I was 13. But like, that's such a powerful song. That's like a wedding song. Like, that's not something that a 13 year old should attach to her, you know, puppy love. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, it all counts. Yeah, and then like, oh my god, there's this Kenny Chesney song, um, a country song called "You've Had Me at Hello." You've had mm -hmm. me from hello. And um, that was my wedding song to my first husband's. And I was oh, listening wow. to country yesterday in my car and I put it on random. I just said like, play Kenny Chesney, Apple Music, because like, I want to hear Kenny Chesney songs. And that song came on and I literally have not heard that song in 18 years since that day. Wow. Uh, and it actually, I was like, okay, so this is, I associate this with my wedding, my first husband. Um, you know, I, I have so many husbands. Um, no, I've, I've been married and divorced twice. But with my first husband, um, that song, I had a best friend who's a singer, and he recorded it. He recorded You Had Me at Hello for the wedding. Like, my wedding oh, favorite nice. was a CD. So my father sang Edelweiss on that CD because he would sing that to me when I was little. My mother sang um, uh, the Elvis song. Um, she sang it to my dad on their wedding day. I can't remember the name of it. Um, can't help falling in love. So my mom oh. sang that one on the stage. I sang a Dixie Chick song, um, "If I Fall, You're Coming Down with Me," and my sister sang, I think, the Shania Twain um, from this moment. So the CD was our wedding favor, and you know, I That's kind amazing. of like when when my marriage fell apart, I kind of just put it on the shelf and like didn't think about it. But when I was driving in my car for three hours yesterday, coming from um, a camping trip. And I heard you had me from hello. Like it brought back making the CD with my family, my best friend singing it while we were dancing at our wedding. Like it was just like such an awesome memory. And I literally got chills and I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's different. Like I wasn't expecting to hear that, but you know, and I, that's when I would teach my kids, like you feel the music, like when you get chills, mm, when you mm. hear certain harmonies, whether it's Andrea Bocelli or, you know, Miley Cyrus, you know, it doesn't matter. There's something about that feeling of getting chills and like resonating that just feels so good. And um, like, that's what I want people to remember for music. Like, that's what I was trying to teach with the kids that you're supposed to feel it. So, and, and do you know, it doesn't even matter how many times you've listened to it either. You might know it, you know, backwards. You might know every note. You might know every uh, part of the song. But as you said, it, it, you know, you can only, it only takes a snippet for you to hear. It doesn't have to be the beginning, be something right in the middle. And again, it, it just um, brings back that memory or the event or that person. You know, that was essentially the crux of, of, of the show was just to explore these, these anchors and these, the ones that you shared about, you know, what, what an amazing idea, by the way, actually, where's my notepad? I should write that down about, um, <laughs> you know, making this wedding favor, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, no, oh, no, no, I've never even heard of that as an idea. Um, but yeah, definitely something I could uh, 
consider but uh you know totally one thing no, at a I time mean, right because like yeah i mean i i just associated certain songs with like i remember um my dad singing edelweiss to me when i was little and um my grandfather actually i never met him he died before i was born mm. but he was a nice tenor on the radio in new york city in the 1920s and um so i have such a deep connection to spirit being what i do for a living that like when i was singing by myself when i was singing a solo or performing when i was a kid i would take my grandfather's ring and put it around and put it on a necklace and, and mm. have it because it felt like if i had his spirit with me that i could sing better um so it's just like and that's another thing like people associate certain songs with like the memory of their friends who have passed or like like i was talking about hoagie in the beginning mm. like when i hear you don't know how it feels i picture him standing in my pool with his guitar he was standing on the steps on the fourth of july with his cowboy hat on playing you don't know how it feels and the whole party singing with him like that is a memory i will never forget and it's just like and when we when we would sing it out like that was what was in my mind when i was singing it like that's the memory that was in my mind and then like me feeling the music like they always say you need to feel it when you perform it because then the people that are listening feel that feeling 100 like percent. the vibration gets like they resonate with that vibration and then like you feel that and every time we sang tom petty's wildflowers i would dedicate it to my friend melissa whose father died and that was his song for her and it's a beautiful song it's not sad but if i looked in the audience and i saw melissa she'd be crying because that was the anchor for her for her dad so it's like providing those experiences too like it's so therapeutic you know like who doesn't when they're pissed off want to go in their room and blast their music like or get in their car and scream and like blast free fallen or whatever it may be you know um yeah i mean what music what songs or music or bands to use for that emotion of for rage yeah Call it rage. Um, I Nine Inch Nails or Prodigy, the Prodigy for me. I, <laughs> the Prodigy, I, yes. Yeah. Oh, like, go on, go on. What, what, which ones? Oh my God. Um, I mean, it wasn't politically correct then, but Smack My Bitch Up. Ah, <laughs> <that one? laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, and um, Head Like a Hole was like my rage one. Like Black as your soul, I'd rather die than give you control. I'd be like, yeah. My mom's like, that's not music. <laughs> yeah, that's different to Walking on Sunshine. I'll tell you that one. exactly i remember that i remember blasting nine inch nails and my mom being like that just sounds like noise and i was like it's genius it's amazing if i if i had a pound for every time someone said that sounds like noise when i've played something i know i'd be i'd have a lot of pounds nails concert in 1994 when i was 14 oh wow you know i was i was uh my friend um he brought me to a record store this is i was new i was the new girl in town i didn't know anything i didn't know anyone because we had just moved Mm. And he was like, he took me under his wing and he's like, I'm going to bring in the record store and I'm going to introduce you to this music. And he introduced me to Nine Inch Nails and he introduced me to um, a bunch of different things. And um, he's like, I want to take you to a Nine Inch Nails concert. And this kid's mom was like, yeah, let's go. Like she was a cool mom. And I remember I had my black lipstick on and I had a <laughs> mini skirt and my thigh highs and my midriff shirt. And I looked awesome. And I'm 14, by the way. Um, and we go into New York City on the train and it's like this like adventure going to the Nine Inch Nails concert Marilyn Marilyn Manson was opening for them and that's before he even became very big and I remember we were walking down the street and I was so excited because I I like I didn't know what to expect I knew this was like you know old old, like 20 something music like it's not teenager music and this guy came up to me and he's like hey can I try on your lipstick and I looked at him and I'm like I'm 14 and he was like and I'm out of here check please I'm off like an adult and so when i hear like nine inch nails pretty hate machine or i blast that when i'm driving like i'm just like oh this is what i used to listen to when i was really upset when i was a kid so or like when i was you know upset or uh, pissed at a boy or you know my best friend did something shitty like i'd like blast you know i'd rather die than give you control you know like it was just an anthem (laughs) the reason i just picked uh rage as an emotion there is that you know i think people may have a, a sense of shying away from that almost of like you know yeah. you mentioned the prodigy for example or nine inch nails which you know on the face of it are um louder bands maybe more controversial in terms of topics they cover or lyrics or, or whatever right. and um it's like it's again it's like when it appeals to our um base emotion which we sometimes don't even um proactively articulate 
So it's like we're right. not going, we're not actively looking to um, listen to a song for the first time or a band for that reason. But right. something you might hear it on, you know, a friend suggests to you, or you say go into a record shop or you know what, download the song or whatever nowadays. But right. um, the the something strikes up inside you you want to hear it again and mm -hmm. i akin it to the idea that your subconscious has twigged that like that's what i mean that's what i resonate with what's yeah. that yeah. let's link more yeah. of that you know and um i used to be and probably still am a little bit uh a bit of a music snob the idea that only rock and roll matters sod everything else if you listen to it, you're kind of wrong. Because, uh, you know, what came from me was the idea that, like, well, I was very much looking for others to listen to what I used to. So you get a sense of validation, acceptance, mm -hmm. and that social aspect of it. As time, as time wore on, you're like, I can still enjoy what I enjoy. And that's expanding here and there where it needs to in the sense that you know there are those that maybe yourself who are like a, a big eclectic listeners you know wide range of genres oh I'm, I'm everything i'm jazz i'm classical all the things like i i have a ton of music range yeah yeah but I, I i i'm more like do you know what i stick to kind of what i know but i can also have more of an appreciation now for like well if someone's into that genre okay great you know i'm not here to right. change them or say that they're wrong and if anything it's uh, come back to the point of the show share you there's so much sharing you can do about it you know you okay mm -hmm. you might be into to hip-hop or r&b or bollywood or whatever country right. or yeah whatever. exactly but behind that are your songs your your emotions your this so yeah. the more you share about but i think a lot of it nowadays is like if you're not in with the in crowd okay i think there's two things if you're not in with the in crowd in the sense of like if you're not like what everybody else likes then there's still that distinction of like, well, you don't like X. Okay, I'm not going to mm. communicate with you. Or there's an apathy, you know. Yeah. I, I'm seeing not many people have a conversation about, have you, you know, what kind of music are you still into? You know, I mentioned last time we were setting this up, you know, as a singleton, I often ask on singles events, the first question is, what kind of music are you into? Music, yep. And, mm -hmm. and they look at me as if I've just, you know, asked them to explain quantum physics or something right, like that. Right, and they're like, I, uh, um, uh... Yeah. I don't, I'm like, how is music not a part of your life? Like, next. <laughs> yeah, or like, oh, I like everything. Yeah, but okay. Um, I, I always see it as like it's a platform that you could spring off. And look, there are some, I've even heard of like, I'm not really into music. Okay, but all I'm trying to get there is, is like, more often than not, you'll find that people have a link to a song or event, but... I think a lot of it is is um, almost um, not drowned out today, but it's like people when you ask them, there doesn't seem to be a strong enthusiasm or opinion. It's like you've heard of a song or band, yeah, they're all right. Or um, if you are so enthused about a, a, an artist or whatever, then you don't find a lot of other people in um, a lot of supply that want to talk to you about it. Yes, there's online forums of, you know, fellow fans and all this kind of stuff. But when it comes to, like, conversations like, you know, this nature, it's like, mm -hmm. well, then, you know, a part of me thinks, well, was it, is this about, like, a w almost where you were in time type thing? Like, today, actually, I read this article online that uh, there's a lot of um, festivals and bands, because it's summer in, well, it's meant to be summer in England at the moment, but it's just cloud. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they're talking about... Um, festivals that are dedicated to 90s and the noughties music and fashion and you know the discussion the wider discussion point is like you know is you know are those decades making a comeback you know why does it seem to be in in conversational vogue at the moment you know as i said a lot of 90s bands are, are coming back to perform mm -hmm. you know blur came back pulp came back um you know spice girls recently did a, a tour and all that kind of thing and right. you know the same vein continues and you know a lot of them were talking about that you know you hear that music and literally what we we're talking about they think of oh i had my first date to that song i had mm -hmm. my first snog to that yep. song or whatever it might be and it's like yep. that's what mm -hmm. i mean so yeah when you have that enthusiasm and natural uh attraction to that it's like that's that's 
you know, you, yeah. as you said, we could talk about it for ages. I mean, so. just an example, like I have a friend, I'm going to a Dave Matthews band concert tomorrow night. Um, and I, I loved him like in 1998 when I first went to his concert and he had his first CD, mm. but I kind of got away from him. But my best friend, Danielle loves Dave Matthews and like follows them. Like we'll go to Indiana, we'll go like drive 10 hours and like go to a concert there. Nice. And, uh, so I was just like, you know, I don't know a lot of his new stuff. We did go to a concert at, at Madison Square Garden in New York last year. Um, and I realized like a lot of what he was singing, I didn't know. But oh, my God, the amount of artistry in that band. And they invited Saturday Night Live's brass section nice. for one of the wow. songs. And like and I looked at her and like the audience was kind of like like they were just jamming like they were like, oh, my God. We have all this talent on stage. Let's all just do whatever the fuck we want. And I looked at her and I was just like, they are enjoying this so much. Like you could tell the musicians had did not care what MSG thought. They didn't care what the audience thought. They were like, we're in here, their we're element. doing the thing. And um, and so I was driving a lot this past couple of days um, traveling and like going on vacations and stuff. And um, I just texted my friend Danielle and I'm like, I know there's a million Dave Matthews songs. I was like, I want you to text me every single one of your favorites so I can make a playlist, so I can get familiar with those. So when I hear them with you at the concert tomorrow, I will know the songs and I can like have that experience with you. Like I want That's amazing. that to happen. I just wanted all of her favorites. And I was just like, so if he sings this one, if he sings that one, I want to be able to sing along with you and have that bond, you know? So I like- I love that. that I, lo- I, gen- I've, I've genuinely never heard someone do that before. The idea yeah. that, you know, you're taking what's going to be a shared experience anyway. You're both going to a gig. And you want to augment that beforehand by going, right, send me your favourites. I want to get into it. And I want to enjoy it even more than I would be anyway. I've, I've genuinely never heard that. That's yeah. brilliant. More that, people should do that. Well, because like I, I, I've been driving for long. Like I, I was in, so I was an hour and a half away for the weekend for camping. And then I drove down the shore from, so that was a three hour trip. That I was, and I said to my dad, my dad hates driving, and he's like, just be careful, like, make sure your oil's checked, make sure you got enough gas. Mm. And he's like, why do you like, he's like, why do you like driving so much? I'm like, because that's when I can listen to all my music. And if I have a playlist from my friend of like 15 Dave Matthews songs, I'm going to play it over and over again until I know every note. So when I go to that concert, like, I'll know. And like, it'll be that much more of a fun experience. And my dad was just like, but. He's like, it's so exhausting, like driving and like three hours at a time. And like, and I was just like, but if you associate it with something that's positive, you know, it's not a chore. Like I'm excited to go driving. I'm driving to Vermont on Thursday to go to this music festival and um, the one that they want me to sing at. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, And, you know, I can't wait for that drive because I can't wait to now listen to the Dave Matthews list after seeing it in concert tomorrow and remembering and having those memories you know like it's just like i don't have i don't have any memories associated with that playlist yet but tomorrow i will make them you know it's it's one of the best um moments you could have musically i think if you're a fan and you've been uh to a concert and you're walking out and your ears are still ringing and you've got the the natural buzz of having witnessed your band or a band for best part of two hours the whole crowd is walking out with you sharing the same moments taking some last photos and this kind of thing and already your brain is trying to remember as much as it can through all the 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 um uh high pitch in your ears mm-hmm. uh you're looking at your phone what have i caught because i know there's a lot of this whole holding a camera up it's like you know to each time oh, that's annoying but yeah i get it yeah yeah i mean whatever you've caught on your phone whatever and i i'm like you i'm for one have to i get home and i'm like has anyone put like the show up on YouTube or somewhere yet? Yeah. You know, was it there? You know, did I see what I saw? And especially if if it's things like you know, rare songs or um, you know, a, a unique take or whatever it might be. Right. It's like um, the way they played it that they never played before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, they made it acoustic or something. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, you want to you want to because you want to revisit it because obviously everything's there, but you want to um. Revisit for and hopefully someone's got better quality than you because you realise like mm-hmm. your crappy old phone may have not taken the uh, the great thing. The but best. There are right. some you know real people there that have professional stuff on them. You know they can exactly. really high quality stuff and um, 
you know we mentioned i mentioned before that like you know that that kind of um even talking about you know uh gigs of like yeah. you know i went to a gig and sharing it you know uh yeah. you know the last I, I went to see coldplay last year at mm-hmm. wembley stadium um okay. i'm personally uh i'm yeah I, I can do with coldplay they're all right you know some there's this sort of um antipathy in england towards them in general i think because they're a bit kind of a you know maybe seen as a bit of a wet band if you will uh mm-hmm. wet in the sense of like a bit soppy a bit kind of you know that kind of thing but yeah. uh my cousin in in india she's a huge fan like you uh-huh. know coldplay's life and this kind of thing so i'm like you know okay look i'll i'll go along you know it's it's right. wembley's not that far from me so i can just go that's great and go and enjoy it and it was a fantastic show uh i knew a fair few songs but just the the the, the visual um the visuals they did you know you mentioned you know b's band put on a show and they're in their element you know they they went on for probably a good two hours or so but you know and obviously i shared with her along the way you know going live a bit on social media just to help her see all this kind of stuff and um but the whole you know the idea that you're you know you saw again an example of music unifying people you know you know personally it was between you know me and my cousin but then you had what hundred or thousand people around you with there for the same kind of thing and you know i remember straight afterwards i rang you know someone quite special in my life and, and you know she she's not into their music i had to introduce her but you're just so keen to share is what I mean. If like yeah. um, your like, experience, this is this is exa- this feeling. I want to capture this feeling. Literally, literally. Put it in a bottle and associate it with this song. <laughs> yeah, and or, or it's the whole. You've had this experience, and it brings you back to previous experiences. You know, this wasn't my first gig at Wembley. It was my uh, third time, and you know, you just think back to previous times when I've been. Um, you know, so my previous time was two thousand and nine. To watch Oasis, uh, oh, yeah. front row standing for six oh, hours yeah. on end, um, and I'll quickly give That's the amazing. story. Like uh, I was, I was probably um, half a meter away from giving Liam Gallagher my uh, sunglasses because oh, they they were in like the um, so I had, I've got some like John Lennon style sunglasses, and uh, during the last song, the rest of the band are on stage playing the outro because the vocals are finished. So Liam hops down, walks along the front. And he gets to, to where I was standing. And for I had no clue I was going to do this out of nowhere. I literally, as he, he came, like, honed into view, I literally took off my glasses and I uh, sort of reached out. I don't know, not, do not know why. I wasn't planning on it. And this is the days before uh, smartphones. So I had my little mm-hmm. um, uh, camera on me. And you could see him where, like, in the video, you could see him clearly. He's standing in front of me, but he's looking up and beyond beyond me because i'm not that tall you know right so i'm like yeah, Liam, i'm trying to get his attention and then as he looks down there was a shorter um lady stood in front of me and he sort of interacted or uh, with her instead and only for a few seconds and then he hopped off and like if he'd just seen the camera he might have seen it but like uh, you know just those, those memories come back you know just, just yeah uh, definitely. and you know th- this is what i think you know um the joy of gigs is sometimes something um, so difficult to put your finger on, yet you could talk so much about it. You know, it's one of those mm-hmm. um, last defining, unifying experiences. As yeah, you mentioned so with, like... the, with the great Dave quote, Grohl quote before, you've got your own experience and all the others will have their completely different one as well, you know. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying... But everybody's singing. Um, yeah, so... Um... I was actually my friend who passed away in April um, for his memorial. We are having a music festival in his honor and we're all singing music oh, wow. that he would. So like he, all the music he would sing at gigs, like they all reached, like our musician friends reached out to me. They're like, Jill, send us your set list for when you sang with him, because we want everybody. We want every single one of his friends that's musical to get on that stage at some point in the day and sing a song for him. And so that's what we're doing to honor him. Um, How and brilliant. That's it's going to happen in two weeks and I'm super excited because I'm going to be singing songs. I would only sing with him with like three other people and like, it's going to be its own memory. It's going to be its own experience. So oh, brilliant. You know, I mean, if, like, if, if there's a way you could like, I don't know, live stream it somehow or something that'd be, Oh, I think somebody is. I think that's all oh, getting brilliant. taken care of. But, Excellent. But yeah, it's just like music brings people together and that's what his legacy was. And that's what I feel like 
just talking to you about music. Like I've never met you in person. You're all the way in London. I'm in New Jersey. And like, I saw you talking about this topic. I'm like, I need to be on that show. <laughs> like, I need to do that. And it was just like, and like, you know, I may never meet you in person, but at least we have this commonality. And the fact that I brought up song two and you knew the whole history, like those are happy accidents. Those are like the synchronicities that really make music a thing. So so I, I just wanted to thank you for that. So oh, my pleasure. And to be honest, when I first read your response, so you know, a quick shout out to people that are, are watching or listening to this. If you want to be a guest like Jill, you know, the, the sign up uh, link is well wherever you're reading it in the comments and you know, podcast platform, YouTube, wherever it is. But when I read Jill's um, sort of request, I'm like first guest for sure, and <laughs> it was so clear from both that response and then the, the quick setup we had, you know, we talked mm -hmm. about for 40 minutes, much of what we've um, spoken today. And, you know, I, I say it comes back to, to the whole idea that it's such a uh, unified, impactful thing that like in the spirit of sharing and enjoying and, you know, hopefully inspiring people that, yeah. um, you know, ultimately that's what um, podcasts may be about. You know, that's this kind of thing at the moment, but also the idea of, um, communication and sharing yeah. and as Jill pointed out we might not physically meet in person but now we've already got that contact through uh, through music you know uh, yeah. I akin it to one of my other great loves of sport uh, where you know you have you could walk into any old bar or public place or wherever have nothing in common have no idea who people are but the minute you twig that you might be sports fans of the same team that's it that's and all that, it takes. You, you share that bond, an unbreakable bond, and some things that only you will get with each other. I, mm -hmm. I, can, I can meet any Liverpool fan and ask, tell me your Istanbul story, and that's it. They know yeah. what it means. I know what it means. No other context yeah. needed, and that's it. Yeah. That, and, yeah. and music is something that, you know, unlike sport, which is, which, you know, is quite tribalistic um, and, you know, can be quite divis divisive at times, depending on your angle. Music is... Is there for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, you know, there is debate, you know, uh, always ongoing about what might be the the, the better style, you know, um, uh, everybody uh, liking the same thing or even, even you know, the whole, you know, today there's, you know, um, the idea that, you know, being an independent band or an artist is so difficult to get onto the industry in the first place because of all these uh, maybe talent show outlets on TV that take the room instead or you know how costly it is to get going um mm -hmm. but then again if you look at all the the i you know i look at the stories of all the great bands that have ever been right the beatles queen oasis the stones um johnny cash if you've mm -hmm. seen those great biopics right they all started off as either a group of friends that came together at university or wherever and right. somewhere along the line yeah there was a lucky break somewhere of but course all, all for them it was just about um, but they were proactive about it. It's not like they just made it, like wanted it to happen. It was like they put themselves in places that were out of their comfort zone, out of where they usually would be. And somebody heard it. Somebody heard it that made a difference. You know, like there's yeah. so many stories that way. I mean, I, I, I put up a, a clip on uh, one of my channels the other day. It was an interview uh, snippet from um, Noel Gallagher who talked about, um, well, his, his uh, kind of history as a songwriter. And he went, look, um, he goes, I'm not the best looking. I've got hands like a midget. But anyone, if I can do it, any fucker can do it. Because he said, you just got to have the self-belief, Star Wars level of self-belief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, funny enough, that kind of a quote, you know, I had multiple, um, you know, bands and artists I look up to saying, look, if we can do it, anyone can. That's what inspired me to pick the guitar up at... Um, at 18 years old uh pre youtube pre um you know all the video advice you could get literally for me it was buy a, a dead basic guitar um find a page on google that just said right this is the neck this is how you tune it and this kind of thing mm -hmm. and as luck would happen i started a band with my friends at the same time again mm -hmm. out of fluke uh you know we were we were um uh rounds um someone's house one day in the evening um in the garden and i happen to mention i'm learning guitar and my friend sat next to me and he went around the whole garden pointing at people going well he can sing he knows everything he can drum 
he could do bass. I play. You're playing. Why don't we Here just we like, yeah, literally? Why don't we just get together and jam? And and we did. We we uh we had a and a, a brilliant summer filled with like yeah. you know um we just all get together in a rehearsal room uh for nights on end. Um, we made a mini album of about six seven songs, all self penned from God knows where. Oh my god, that's awesome! And we did a gig to about uh twenty people. I say twenty people. I say I mean hecklers mostly. Um, mm hilarious um uh, for many reasons uh not least uh um for, for just forgetting like what we were doing at one point like we we, we probably didn't practice enough as a, as a gig playing band so like we'd all like we'd all be going at different paces and we'd look at each other going no you meant to come at, like that oh. um <laughs> uh but recorded for posterity was so funny but obviously then look, life took over and you know we all like right. uni came over and we had to go but it was such a uh a joyous time you know yeah, if we could do that I and, that, and i'll just you know for me i just carried on myself just uh you know writing and playing and hoping to be the next Noel at some point but uh yeah uh Jill, i wanted to just uh, wrap this up I, this this question came to me just as we're talking um if you could create a soundtrack or playlist oh for oh our listeners or viewers it could be i was going to say three to five songs but i'm like do you know what leave, i'll leave it up to you to oh, wow. to project or showcase yourself your emotions or whatever criteria you want it share your soundtrack with people i would love that that's a great idea because that's what i tell people all the time like show me your music tell me what you love you know because then i'll understand you a little bit better so i would love to do that i can totally do that i can put it in the comments when it's posted and you know people can get a little piece of what i love so that'd be awesome yeah, please do. And, you know, that, to be honest, that's something that just came to me now and something that I think would be a nice sort of uh, uh, takeaway for people. Because as you said, like, um, when you're asking for people to uh, introduce you to their music and you've got you know, so many ideas and thoughts and what you could do is, like, if someone could watch this show or listen to the show and then have an idea of, like, all right, you know, what can I get into? That that might be the gateway for them to, yeah. to, to find all the, the new music and all that. So... Um, Wow, uh, an hour has gone just like that. Super fast. It's so far, and I've got so many more questions to ask, etc. But do you know what? That that might be for uh, another episode, I think, because uh, yeah. as I said, we could go on for ages on this. But um, totally. Look, that is our hour today, Jill. Thank you so much for being the first guest on. Um, a real, real pleasure to to have you on, and would definitely like to get you back on the show at some point. I would love that. That'd be awesome. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. So, My pleasure. Uh, thank you all for listening and watching, and we shall catch you on the next one. Feel supersonic. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Soundtrack of Your Life. Please do like and comment with your thoughts below. Subscribe to the channel and sign up to be on the show. Feel supersonic.